time <laughs> is that your way of trying to sound festive i guess so <laughs> so i'm actually a little bit sad about this because it's even though it's going to be putting out on christmas eve it's one of those things where it's going to be the last christmas movie that we'll be reviewing so it's somewhat bittersweet until next year obviously yeah, but you know what i mean it's just like i feel like it's just gone too quickly like the halloween week dragged is that because of the Things you didn't enjoy so much as you do Christmas, really. I love Christmas to bits, and just I feel like I blinked, and it's just it's arrived already. Um, I am prepared though, so that's okay. I'm not like I've not got any presents or anything like that. I'd never be that person. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I just far think, too organised for that. <laughs> I just think it's gone a bit too, too quick, and we're on to his last movie review of the year, really. Yeah. Where is 2020 gone? I'm glad it's going. I can't wait for 2021. I think that I can I think that. As, as, as most people will agree on that, definitely. Oh, gosh. It's been a horrible year for everybody. And I just hope that 2021 brings us what we really wanted 2020 to bring. Because obviously it was like a new decade kind of thing. It was, you know, 2020, the same digits. It was meant to be a really, really brilliant year. And I think... And just be remembered for all the wrong reasons really yeah and it's brought so many other implications which it's going to ruin 2021 as well a little bit hopefully we'll kind of on the sunnier side of the mountain soon hopefully let's hope for warmer weather but anyways christmas christmas special last one but merry christmas eve when this will be coming out yeah or maybe even a day before or when I get well, to Merry Christmas, get Merry to Christmas Eve, 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 Eve then. Eve, Eve, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or Eve, 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 Eve. You know, <laughs> carry this on, Paul. <laughs> so today we'll be talking about one of our favourite Christmas films, and that is Love Actually. So we actually agree on something here, for once. <laughs> yeah. We actually mutually agree, which, actually, to be fair, I didn't really like this film until I met Paul. I know that sounds really weird because it's got a little bit of a chick flick element to it. But I think it was just one of those things where it was just overrated at the beginning a little bit for me. I think a lot of people were saying how brilliant it is. And to be honest, it is brilliant. <laughs> but I think it was just like, a oh, it's just on constantly. And it was just really, really plugged, wasn't it, around the time it was uh, released? Yeah, it was. Yeah. So this was the directorial debut of Richard Curtis, who also did films like The Boat That Rocked and About Time, which, you know, we like. Yeah. So he's, he's in that regard, he's... He hasn't done many films, but he's done a lot of writing stuff. But he's probably, I guess, based on how much I enjoy these films, is is one of my favourite directors. He seems it. to kind of involve a lot more stories within it. You're not just got boy meets girl. You have all these little side stories, and mm. I think that was the first time I really saw that happen in a, a movie where you really can't, in Love Actually, for me, pinpoint who your main exactly. It's is. a very ensemble cast that you've got here, and. 
the way that he sort of interweaves all these character stories in quite closely when you kind of look mm. at the certain points within the film, you can see the crossover between how these characters all like are in this like small world kind of environment and the fact that, you know, that friend knows this friend, but he works with this colleague and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, all it's like the relations, close, isn't it? it? And like the school kind of, oh, well, my child goes to that school, school. so then I know this, this person. person. Yeah, yeah. And when you said about the fact that, you know, it was a very popular thing back in the day. So I think it when it came out in 2003. And then the following year, it was one of the most rented DVDs in mm. the UK in 2004, the following year when it came out. So that kind of speaks on that part because it was that popular. It was so, so popular. And I think I just thought, oh, this is a bit overrated. And I think my dad, one of those things, plays things to death and then kind of spoil it for me. So I think for a while until... I met you. <laughs> I didn't watch Love Actually. It was kind of not. Yeah, I, I can't really recall like how I sort of got into like really watching and loving this so much as I do. But I think it's from way back, um, the early days, probably when it did come out on DVD and stuff. I would have seen it in like when I was in high school, mm. and it was just something I just found like endearingly charming type of way the way the Britishness of it and just the whole host of characters that we've got in it are like oh like I like this person I like this person and they did a really good job I think there isn't really a character that you really don't dis- like despise that much there's a couple that I don't gel with as 100% but they all are quite nice characters that they portray I think the only thing I would say is it's one of those films where you have to kind of watch it and watch it and then kind of the the more value add you get from it. So like the first time you watch it, you won't remember who everybody is and stuff like that. And it's a little bit more complicated, I guess, the first watch. But as soon as you're kind of getting into it, it's not yeah. so bad. But a fun fact for everybody out there, this was the first film me and Paul ever saw together. Yes, yeah, the very first date, I guess you could call it, where we, we were watching this on TV. Yep. And um yeah. So that was so. literally our first day and we hardly spoke to one another, to be honest. And there was that awkward scenes because there's a lot of kind of a bit of it's one of my favourite characters, which is um Martin Freeman's character who's called John. John. And he's so lovely and so cute and sweet. And obviously he's going out with the Gavin and Stacey lady. That's the Welsh one, isn't it? Just Judy is what she's referred to in the <laughs> film. But uh, yeah. So there's kind of that childness which I kind of related to in myself at that, especially at that time, is that character yeah. kind of that awkward, like, oh, you don't want to trouble you if you don't want to go on a date or anything like that. Kind of but thing. the tough thing about it is I could kind of see that when we were watching it, because you wouldn't really look at me either. You were that shy. <laughs> yeah. But it was really, really cute the way that they were, but quite awkward, awkward as well for our first meet, where there's a bit of like sexual scenes and I was like feeling really, really uncomfortable watching them next to you because it's like... <laughs> yeah, we hardly know each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then there's this coming on the telly and I'm like, mm, I don't really know where to look now. But obviously that's not really the issue anymore. It's one of those things, isn't it? It's yeah. just on there. There is, I think, what rating is Love Actually? Because it can't be just because of the scenes, some of the scenes. Yeah, I think because of the, at, certainly at the time it will probably have been maybe 15 because there's a bit of, well, quite a lot of swearing. In and it, a bit and of nudity, and, isn't there? Yeah. yeah. I know. A lot of boobs pop out. For the UK, that's not censorship. For the UK, is not as quite as bad as for the Americans. Mm. So nudity is not so frowned upon so much in British. 
thing as it seems, but um, I reckon probably now if it was, it would probably be at a 12 rating 12, now. yeah, possibly. Possibly, but... So, in terms of actual storylines, we have... I counted them out and wrote down all the, the sort of like the players that we have in the, the throughout the course of the film, and there's about nine, I think, different separate storylines all connected together mm-hmm. in a sense. Yeah, I, it's, that's what I love about this film is that the fact that you do have so many stories. It never gets boring, even though you, like we know it word for word. We watch it every year because it's really close to our hearts now, isn't it? Because yeah. obviously it was his first meet, um, when we watched it together. So. It's one of those that we just have to now watch it. But I think it makes it, if it was just one couple, I think it would get a bit boring. But the fact that you've got nine different stories, it reminds me a little bit of Game of Thrones a little bit. You know, like when you're all over the place, you've got... Someone um, in this country, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's well, how that's it kind of feels. Moving around. And it works really, really well because of that. And I think that's why you've got such rewatchable value. Yeah, I don't think this would work if it was sort of like a TV series or anything like that. I mean, you could potentially span out storylines mm. a lot longer if you did it that way, but I think you get enough sense of about the characters, I think, from the short. It's about, well, it's like short, it's about two and a quarter hours long. But, but it doesn't feel that long when you're watching it because it is so lighthearted. It's quite easy to watch and it's not really complicated, really, apart once you know the certain characters and which stories they're in. Um, we still, I still today struggle with the names of the characters unless I know actually the actor. Yeah. Like, I still don't know all of their names, but you know which story they're related to and how they link and coincide with one another. So I think I want to know, though, Paul, what mm-hmm. is your favourite story? I'm just looking through the list of what I've got down, but I think the strongest I feel... And the ones that are sort of most developed, in a way, mm. is the one with Liam Neeson's character Daniel and his stepson Sam, who's played by Thomas Brody yeah. Songer. Sam's mum's just died, and then he tells his stepdad that he's actually he should be thinking about his you know his mum's died, but he's actually in love with this girl at school, mm-hmm. and and he's like trying to. F- think of a way to you know get her attention and there's it transpires that there's a school play and then if he learns an instrument to play that he'll get you know plays fantastically that he can you know win win over like a true like true romantic style type <laughs> do you know funnily enough that's yeah. my favorite story of it as well oh, right, I okay. would, so <laughs> when you okay. sat there and looking through and thinking i already know mine i know oh, which okay. one it is and so it's quite strange that you picked that yeah. one but i think it is like you're saying the relationship as well and i think it does get tied up nicely in a bow at the end i yeah. feel like that one is your main part at the end which actually one of the main players yeah the other one that is sort of like in tie but it's close second i'd say is the the story we have with Harry and Karen, which is played by Alan Rickman and Emma Thompson, mm-hmm. respectively? It's a quite a sad story. It just quite hit quite hard in the feels with how that plays out in their their storyline. But um, I do, do yeah, emotional ride on that, and that's quite a powerful performance from them. Emma Thompson does a brilliant right. job of making you feel remorse for her, and I think any woman. 
not mean oh, any any person yeah. can, I guess. But yeah. I think just because it is a woman feeling a bit down on herself and obviously her husband has seen a prettier thing and decides to give her a gift and you can see that kind of sad upsetment and gosh, it makes me upset every single time when she's listening to Johnny Mitchell in that room and she puts her on and you can she's it's like a typical woman thing of right, okay have to put a face on, kind of like a act to make sure that the kids are okay. Yeah. And I think women can do that a hell of a lot better than men can. So like... <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll probably admit to that. It's, it's easier for women to put a brave face on for the kids. Yeah, brave yeah. face on. And even you saw it when she was asking the question and then this woman's going, oh, see you later, love. And, you know, then she breaks off. Yeah, that's one of like... What I said to you was kind of like I felt like it was a realistic portrayal mm-hmm. of how someone would react into that story in in real life. Yeah. If someone said that you were having an argument with a spouse or whatever, and then someone comes out your friend and you know, like, oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, see you later, and then carry on the conversation like normal, you know, like trying to make sure make it seem like everything's okay to everybody else. Yeah, but, when it's not. Yeah, I think that's really difficult personally to do, anyways. But it is a thing where women seem to be able to to do that, and I think she's quite forgiving really towards him mm-hmm. but actually i think that you can see it's still tarnished that thing called the love which they did have isn't as special yeah the trust's gone a little bit and i think that's the saddest one Part of it. yeah really. really the other sadder one which it doesn't work out for another one of our storylines is the sarah and carl storyline that where he you know they work in where Alan Rickman works in this office, where we don't really know what they do exactly. He's got Carl, who's the chief designer, but what they design is anyone's guess, really. It's <laughs> not really established. But So there's this, like, will they, won't they, with these two characters, Sarah and Carl, but she, like, really is smitten with him, this handsome guy. He's quite dashing, really, to be honest. Um, he's a bit of, like, a tanned sleek body yeah, yeah. black hair yeah i think it's a little bit like a bit of a greasy kind of thing i don't really <laughs> like him right. and i think to be honest sarah could do a lot better than him and i know lots of people think what you're on about sophie he's gorgeous but if he really loved her and he really cared about her he wouldn't have a problem with her brother it he would he would do anything for her yeah and so he the, doesn't so the thing with her brother is the fact that the, she's american and her brother is also american and moved over from the states to London for whatever I guess work reason I don't know because they haven't got the family anymore there in mm. the states and he's not he's not well as she puts it really um so he's like constantly ringing her mobile phone so it kind of like that real life distraction that's always constantly going on in her work life and personal life in general it hinders her personal life but I think to be honest if he if he really was interested in that he'd understand yeah, he would. He'd that care and he'd understand and he'd be there for her and he'd be compassionate. But he's not. It's just like, a, well, you need to pick. Don't ring the phone. It's either me or him. And it's like, well, that's never going to work. You're not the right person. And there's certainly there's there's a part where it's been the phone's been ringing constant, constant. She's having to answer the phone. And then there's a part when it's kind of like after this incident with mm-hmm. Carl and Sarah in the bedroom and everything and that didn't happen. Then they're back in the office like normal. And so they kind of like good night, good night in the office, and like Merry Christmas. Yeah, that's it. She's upset, and then she immediately rings her brother because you know she, at least she's got him. a family member to to turn to in this you know the time of 
yeah. Christmas and then go spend time with him in where he's, he's based. And I think sometimes it's one of those things, it's a sacrifice that she's got to do. It doesn't resent it really because she wouldn't want to not be there for him and I think that's the thing with that one. Um, that is a little bit sad, but the rest of them are lovely, lovely, happy endings. Yeah. Um, which is really, really nice to have for me personally anyways. Yeah. We've, so we'll run through the other ones very <laughs> briefly because I say there's quite a few, but and you can check them out for yourself and then I'll ask you, so if there's anyone in particular you don't really, the weakest one. Okay, yeah. I've got so, them already in my head, don't okay, worry. Okay. So the very first one we're sort of introduced to is the storyline of Billy Mack, played by Bill Nye, who's this like old rock and roll legend who's trying to make a comeback for the Christmas number one. It's just quite it's quite entertaining he's, as he is always is he always plays mm. a, a brilliantly comic character. He seems to be the director must love him anyways because he's been in Rock the Boat and in About Time. Um, yeah, another one we've got is Colin Firth as Jamie. He's recently, well, kind of left his girlfriend, I presume. Well, yeah, because she, she was cheated on, cheated shacking on up with her brother, brother, wasn't she? No wonder I'd leave it. I'm pretty sure you would if that yeah, were happening. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't be sticking around, would you? Yeah, so then he goes away to his, his, guess his holiday home in France. Oh, and not we all love one of those? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just before Christmas as well, I think he must be all right to be oh, doing he's that. well before. off, isn't yeah. he? Um, so he meets his housekeeper, Aurelia, who's from Portugal, and there's sort of like, even though there's a language barrier there, there's kind of like that blossoms quite quickly somehow. But... Yeah, it does really, really quickly, to say the least, to say that they get both speak the language and then end up, he's proposing to her, but I'm wondering if that's obviously to get her into the country, probably. <laughs> that's what I think of it now. When I was younger, thinking it was really sweet and romantic, I'm thinking, yeah, you're just trying to push that through. Mm-hmm. The green card. Yep. <laughs> um, the other one we've got is Hugh Grant as the Prime Minister. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's kind of like this meet cute thing with Natalie, <laughs> who's played by Martin McCutcheon. I think she does a cracking job. Um, does Martin McCutcheon? I really do like her character within this. And the Prime Minister, um, for us, we think it's a bit like a, um, a Tony Blair type of character personality. I think around that time, sort of was reflecting on that anyway. But you can almost, but he's quite aloof and. Somewhat comical, despite I mean, not too. I mean, not as extreme as Boris, perhaps. But maybe not. No. Do you think if he was actually our prime minister, he wouldn't be doing a bad job at the moment? To be fair. Um, another one we've got is the sort of like I guess you can call it a love triangle. Yeah. With Juliet, Mark, and Peter, and it's um, Juliet and Peter's wedding, and Mark is the one who's infatuated with Juliet, but won't tell. Peter about it but Peter's his best friend friends, so, so you don't want to kind of ruin a friendship over a girl do you and I think Mark does really really well at trying to distance himself from Juliet so Juliet always thinks that he hates her when actually it's just because he's infatuated with her but he can't probably be around her that much because it hurts too much yeah and then I think finally we've got the Colin Frizzle character hmm. who's the Played by Chris Marshall, and he's wanting to, you know, try and hook up with some, just a girl really that is any anybody, but he'll pretty much go for anybody, really. By the time things is 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 that way out, but um, he decides to just go visit America because you know he you know girls are there are 
are attractive and always up for a laugh kind of thing. So it's just be so easy, apparently, to just go to America and you instantly get a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I don't know. There's not too apparently much truth in that, I don't think. Just because he's got a British accent. It's... Which he... Yeah. You know, and, and I know everybody loves our accents. You must think they're amazing. <laughs> but I think it's one of those, I don't really think ours is that brilliant because I hear it every day. If you get where I'm coming yeah. from, whereas I guess if like an American accent came over, maybe I would, it would be more appealing. Because it sounds it's yeah, different, isn't interesting. It? And, you yeah, know, so like his time. accent for me does nothing. Yeah, yeah. Okay then, so which is your worst? Colin. Sorry. Yeah, he don't like it. I don't like him. He annoys me. All he wants to do is go around and sleep with people. It's not actually to do with the love, actually, you know. It's not yeah. It's not really, is it? He's thinking with someone else in his pants. <laughs> and I think that's the bit that annoys me a little bit with him. So I feel like you could probably, if you wanted to reduce your hours down, he could be a character you could get rid of. Right. For me, I don't really, if there's one thing I don't, one story I don't really care too much for is the, Jamie and Aurelia storyline. What really? I yeah, think that's quite sweet, actually. I think that's better than the Colin one. Colin's just more from like comedic effect, like, really. But we got, I suppose really you got like... the with Billy Mac anyway. But... Yeah, well, Billy Mac he'd be the next one, I think, to be honest. But then I do like the relationship he's got with his manager. So I feel like it's. I think that's Pro- quite sweet. Pro- proper how... digging into him, but then at the end is kind of. Yeah. And I've realised this actually shows you what fame can do to you. Like, actually, yeah, I've got all this money, but I've got nobody to spend it with. And it's like, well, what was the point? I've had a brilliant life, but not anything stable. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think Billy Max could go? He does get a little bit grating, but at the end it does kind of tie up nicely. Whereas I feel like Colin's, it just fizzles out, doesn't it? Colin frizzle. <laughs> yeah. Frizzles out. <laughs> Whereas Jamie and Aurelia, I know it's a bit sudden and a bit too fast, and me and Paul like to go very, very slow with things, you know. How long have we been engaged now? Two years, is it? Not the five-year engagement yet. Yeah, but... no. <laughs> So we do go a bit slower, so maybe that's how come we don't relate to the Jamie and Aurelia. But I think it's a cute little love story, but then I do think, well, how do you know you like one another when you haven't even spoken hardly a word exactly. to that's, one another? Exactly, that's what I'm getting at with that, really. It's kind of just... I don't have a very strong connection with it, is all I'm saying. No, I don't blame you on that one. So with this film in mind, we're not going to kind of go too full in depth. I think it's one of those where there's a lot of stories like we've just briefly overviewed and that's probably the main bit we're going to give you. I think for what my purpose from this is, just maybe a little bit of the meaning behind Love Actually. I just want to kind of say how that film makes me feel and I think it's the whole meaning of love is all around us and I think... That I know that sounds cliche and Christmas is all around us and, you know. That's the same, the song. It, yeah. I think it's one of those really, really honing in on a really, really strong Christmas message, which doesn't have to just be for Christmas. It can be every single day. And I think that's where it shows you. And I think for me this year, God, it made it so much more hard and upsetting because there's a bit at the end where there's an airport scene and, and at the beginning as well. Yeah, and they're saying about when the Twin Towers, horribly as it was, um, all came crumbling down, didn't it, because of the terrorist attacks. Um, it wasn't messages of hate or anything like that or this was, you know, horrible and slagging somebody off. It was all messages of love, making sure your family, everyone was all right. And I think we need to come back to that this year in 2020. 
it's really been a tough year and I think it's just making sure you're looking out for your loved ones, you're there for them, even if you can't be there for them as the way you would normally be. And it, it did touch on me a little bit, like the airport scenes, running up and hugging and kissing your family and your loved ones. And that's something that's been so stripped away from us this year that for me, it just made me whelm up how much I missed. I agree with that. The interaction with everybody is it's just non-existent at this time. And I think that makes it so hard for me because literally I'm such a huggy person. Like I constant like if Paul could hug me twenty four seven, I would <laughs> let him. You know, not saying that me and Paul can't hug, but you know what I'm meaning. Like yeah. anyone I meet yeah. normally, yeah. I would hug them. That would be. Yeah. I'd, I wouldn't just stand and wave. That's not the way that I roll at all. So for that kind of to watching it and the way that they say love is actually everywhere. That's what they're meaning by love actually mm-hmm. and i think i didn't realize that half as much as when i watched it this year yeah that actually we need to just make sure that love is everywhere and i think with coronavirus as well you need to spread your love differently but still be there for your loved ones and your family and respect your family and their wishes and i think that's how all we can do all you can yeah. really do in these situations so definitely go and watch it it's it's wonderful and funny and it has your laughing moments, your tear jerkers. It literally just takes you on a roller coaster of emotions. You've got all sorts of things going on throughout the film, and I think you probably at least enjoy a couple of the stories, if nothing else. But I, we do highly recommend mm-hmm. this one to to give us a watch. Uh, so now we'll go through some of our some of the facts I looked up yes. to think because I know we were going to give this such high praise there wasn't you know other than just talking about generalizing about how great it is um <laughs> there wouldn't be much point in and going through d- the depths of the entire storylines because there's quite a few yeah and we don't want to spoil it for you few. viewers who haven't seen it because actually it realized that it might be more of a british thing than i was aware of i thought a lot of people would know of this film like it'd be just an iconic film but it's not the case i don't think it's more British viewing so mm-hmm. anyone in any different country go and find a copy somewhere and give it a watch and you'll yeah. really really enjoy it so we'll go through some facts mm-hmm. now that I've written down I say. don't know these so I'm quite excited to hear them okay start off with uh the word actually is said 23 times throughout the film is that all yeah, I, 23 feels, yeah feels like this is actually more than that <laughs> when you go back to the footage of the yeah. airport Heathrow was uh, shot over a week with hidden cameras, so they didn't even oh, know. So wow. it's the actual genuine thing, wasn't acting thing, which it kind of looks that way, doesn't it? From when it you really see the photos, does. yeah, that's even makes it more lovelier for me yeah. that it's actually just genuine people spreading love, and I, mm-hmm. it's lovely. As you might imagine, it wasn't originally supposed to be a Christmas film. Oh, just like Die Hard, want but you know, people just clutch <laughs> the straws. This is definitely more than a Christmas film than Die Hard. It's got a christmas message it did have christmas trees and it has more christmas themed like it's got a nativity in it even if people are turning up as octopuses and lobsters yeah you know it still is christmasy and that's it i expect there were supposed to be 14 stories actually to be mm, i think that might have been a bit too heavy so there was nine you said didn't you i think yeah. if there was 14 i think you'd lose a little bit i think so i'm glad they've not made it to mm-hmm. 14 yeah, I think those lost before production involved uh, a girl with a wheelchair and one about a boy who records 
a love song for a classmate who ultimately hooks up with his drummer. Uh, there was one featuring an African couple supporting each other during a famine. Another storyline that follows a school headmistress and her long-time long commitment to her lesbian partner. So I guess they're just trying to be a bit more cultural and diverse, yes, aren't they, really, but... with those? And that's not an issue at all, but I think it's one of those where you need to pick your strong storylines. Yeah, and I think by the time that they didn't come across as strongly as... They might have been a bit more sad as well. I think it might have played a bit more of a sadder role, and I don't think that's what the director was going for. He wanted it no. to be light-hearted and fun at the same time as have a brilliant message. Mes yeah. Talking of things being cut, the fact that you might be not surprised about this, that the fact that some of the stuff is actually cut from television broadcasts because, you know, like the sexual acts of oh, Martin yeah. Freeman, even though they're, it's all fake <laughs> in terms of what they're doing, in terms of mimicking it all, is, you know, not too appropriate for television viewing, I suppose. So No, not really. It's one of the most awkwardest scenes yeah. In there, even though I do love their character and their coupling, I think that's what's the strangest bit about it because he's such a shy character. You wouldn't yeah, think he'd contrast. be in that field of work, really. No, like being a body—is it is he like a stunt double or something? Like possibly because he said oh. he was filling in for Brad Pitt on one occasion. Yeah. So I think it's more like maybe he's in—I don't know—you know, like Joey yeah. on Friends. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes he's the butt of whoever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then I was thinking Martin Freeman in this one's not like buff really, is he? So whoever he was no. trying to portray wasn't really... No, it could be anything. But I think it's probably one of his earlier roles anyway, just out of Fresh Out of the Office, I think. Well, do you know, I do love him to bits. He's one of my favourite actors. And secretly really quite good looking, I think. I, I, even now, he's, he's a bit older now, isn't he? He's got grey hairs. He's still yeah. with his grey hair, he's, he's rather good looking. <laughs> Martin McCutcheon's role in Love Actually was penned just for her. Oh, so, so she actually like, knew that she, she was going to be... be for that particular role and she didn't she, want anything. Yeah. She plays it really, really well. She, I, you can't really think of any other role she should be in. She fits it so well, so that makes sense. And you had to change the character's name. It was originally going to be Martine anyway, but so they changed it to Natalie, I think, because she might be a bit too big headed with having that oh it's just for me yeah and as well as natalie's quite close isn't it so that makes sense and it's a nice name. name yeah um one of the scenes in love actually where it was lifted directly from four weddings and a funeral i've seen that and i don't really know what yeah um is to do with where hugh grant's character charles flirts with a woman at the wedding by mocking terrible catering to and then discovers that she's the caterer but that scene was cut from Four Weddings oh, right, and, and applied to Love Actually. Ah. So Richard Curtis was writer and on Four Weddings. So that, that he was probably written that and think, oh, no, I use that joke in my own. <laughs> That's fair enough, I guess. I didn't. Yeah. I was going to say I didn't really remember seeing that in Four mm -hmm. Weddings. I'm thinking, yeah. hmm. The, what, the sad scene with the Joni Mitchell thing. And Emma oh, that gets me every time. Shot her... Crying scene twelve times. That's not actually that bad. I because she does do really really well at portraying that emotion. Like she actually is physically crying, so she must have yeah. been thinking of yeah. something close really. to her. Yeah. To make her want and to feel to that emotion. Thing. I'm sure she probably did it excellently every time. I imagine and she should have been a bit of a perfectionist, perhaps maybe. Yeah, I, I know the way that she acts. She does yeah. want to get everything quite precise, and she's got a way in her head of how she wants it to be as well. 
But credit to her, she, she makes me cry every time, so <laughs> she's done a brilliant job of it. Hugh Grant did not want to dance to the... Well, no, I don't blame him because it's shocking. <laughs> yeah. Kept... Well, it's one of his favourite scenes. It's amazing. It's so comical. He kept putting it off and didn't like the song anyway. It was supposed to be a Jackson 5 song, but I think for legal reasons, they probably couldn't get the licensing to use it, so it had to be the jump song. But they didn't shoot it until the final day, and then... The way we edited it had gone really well and he was singing along with the words anyway, so he's probably getting into it. I think. I think it's brilliant, but I think probably he's just thinking, oh, I'll just give my all to it and I'll probably just want one take of it yeah. so I don't have to be doing this over and over again. again. Yeah. Simon Pegg auditioned for Love Actually. You'd love this, wouldn't I you? Know, yeah. You're a big fan of Simon Pegg. Pegg. It's like your man crush. I'm glad he's not in it because unless he'd be... The uh, only characters I could think he would be would be Bill Knight. Bill Knight. Being, yeah, whatever his name is. Or, oh, Colin. Oh right, okay. No, it was supposed to be cast as the Rowan Atkinson character. You know where he's in the jewelry shop and he's, you know, putting the gift box together. You mean Mr. Bean? Yeah, Mr. Bean. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Bean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, no, I can see that he could have done that well, but I prefer Mr. Bean. <laughs> what do you think? Would you prefer Simon Pegg in it? It could have been interesting. I'm not gonna lie. He could have actually done that bit quite well. Because that would have been before, like, Shaun of the Dead. So it'd be, like, fairly young, fresh-faced. Mm. Yeah, it could have been interesting. Did he not get it, though, I'm guessing? Because obviously we've got Mr Bean instead. According to the notes I'd written down was um, he cast Rowan Atkinson, who is a bigger star anyway, but he's a long-time friend of Richard Curtis anyway. Ah, OK, so, so they that connection. Yeah, when they worked together... As part of Four Weddings and a Funeral, if you remember, he was in, he was one of the priests in one of the, oh, one yes, of the weddings. Oh, yes, he was. <laughs> and such, and Blackadder as well, so. Makes sense. Poor Simon Pegg didn't have a chance. <laughs> and, funnily enough, Rowan Atkinson's character was meant to be portrayed as like an angel, like a guardian angel. Well, I can kind of see that at the end with the little boy. Not so as well for the other one because of the fact of... Um, you know, it's been like a like trying to. That's why it's taken so long to get the gift box together to sort of like put a spanner in the works for him trying to get this jewelry that he's not supposed to be getting. Maybe, yeah, I guess, but he still ends up getting it, so he's not done a very good job, has he? Of not him not. It might not, be, it. It might not have been him who sold it to him. He's, yeah, he but tried. He's... His, you don't see him going back to get the jewelry, so you don't know who he got it no, from. No, true, but I think it's more at the end with the little little boy. Yeah, you can at the airport yeah. trying to get in to go and see him. Um, his girl crush yeah <laughs> I think that's more where he helps him out so with test audiences seeing the how the the story ends with like Carl and Sarah yeah it was I think originally going to just be after that phone call you know with the, from the brother and then you know they're sitting on the bed and they're kind of like looking away from each other and that would be the end of the story and so you wouldn't kind get, of touch wouldn't, base wouldn't have that wouldn't have that bit with the you know where I said about the office and mm. saying good Merry Christmas and that being that so they put that in i think to really get a clear resolution to the end of that saying that's never it's not going to happen so that we know that it's for a fact yeah. that's that's done which sophie likes because obviously i think but to be fair i think that kind of is obvious from that and the first yeah. scene to be honest i actually think it i think it apparent. makes a bit more clarity on that um the movie has been remade three times what do you mean so love actually been remade by other people in different countries yeah 
Ah, oh, okay. But is it still Love Actually, but other actors? Yeah. So, central concept of the movie is, you know, the, the whole intertwining love stories yeah. translated into different, different countries. So, the first is Indian one okay. called A Tribute to Love, which is apparently an unofficial remake in the <laughs> Hindi language. Right. That's interesting. Um, Poland tried a version which is called Letters to St. Nicholas. Oh. So, whether that's just a remake entirely within their thing mm. the most recent version how recent i'm not entirely sure i didn't look the actual date up is japan's it all began when i met you oh i like that actually which borrows the concept of it and then also the film poster layout which if you look on google you can see the love actually poster where it's kind of just like very few faces yeah. on the box or on the poster itself I think so, we might have to watch that. I still <laughs> want to watch Love Actually, though, as well, but I think yeah, I would maybe, be quite interested maybe in next seeing year. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, as sad as it is, it's been confirmed that from the script writer of Love Actually that Alan Rickman's character did actually have an affair. Oh, yeah, of course. Why would you buy somebody a gold necklace if you weren't going to get your Lego? Yeah, it wasn't just like a lust thing. It was actually like full the full blown. Yeah, yeah. I thought that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's not just a necklace, but it was yeah. just a nice way of portraying it. Mm-hmm. It's like, why else would you buy somebody a necklace if you weren't going to be getting something out of it? I know that sounds bad, and you shouldn't have to buy gold necklaces just to get sex, yeah. but there's kind of, you know, you know that there's something implied. Yeah. But the screen script writer also confirmed that, that, you know, again, they do stay together, but as you kind of said, the home isn't as the same as it was. Yeah. It wasn't a happy home anymore. It's kind of just like staying together for the kids, I guess. Yeah, you know? and yeah. that's kind of not the right thing yeah. to do, even yeah. though the kids might be happy. But they, they know, they're not daft. Mm-hmm. Character Sam, mm-hmm. he learned how to play the drums for the role. Oh, bless him. He's only little, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And he's actually, him and Hugh Grant, mm-hmm. are actually second cousins. Oh, really? So the great, their great-grandmothers were sisters. So they share a great great grandmother. That's amazing. That is, they yeah. kind of look a little bit alike. I can kind of see mm-hmm. some similarities. So do you think that's where his acting kind of got maybe yeah. taken away a little bit, possibly yeah, yeah. with it all, possibly. Yeah. And at the time, Sam was his character was thirteen, and Kira Knightley was only seventeen. She was a lot older than seventeen. I know, doesn't she just? Yeah, 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 she really does in that. She looks a lot, lot older. She's getting married and everything. She's, I'm thinking she's like portraying somebody in her 20s or yeah, something. Yeah, exactly, like like Gosh. 20s, yeah. But she doesn't look that old now, does she really? Because normally no. I think if you've aged yeah. and you look that old when you're that young, then God help you when you're older. That's all I think. Because I get ID'd still now, and I'm 28 years old for alcohol. And I know <laughs> that sounds daft, but I do. But then a part of me thinks, well... If I look about 18 now, then when I'm 40 years old, I'm only going to look about 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. And you're going to look like an old man next to me. Yeah. Ah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'll just go for a few more now, I think. Mm-hmm. So, act two play Colin Frizzle wasn't paid for the scene where he gets seduced by the three American girls because, you know, he had such a great time getting to get undressed for... Yeah, you know, the obviously it's a silhouette in the thing, mm. but it's like he gave up his paycheck for that day's work because he had so much fun. 
That that worries me a little bit. What was he? What was he actually doing, Paul? Was he actually just actually doing the do? I don't know. Maybe because you know, like, oh, I won't get paid for that because I've just had sex on the job or something. <laughs> Who knows? It sounds a bit wrong. Yeah. Richard Curtis's daughter Scarlett appears as one of the lobsters in the school Christmas play. All right. So I don't think it's the main daughter the main of of um, Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson's character. Yeah. And also, his son also pops up as, you know, he's the one with the Spider-Man face paint. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. That kind of make him stand out a little bit, yeah, possibly. Yeah, Because yeah. I do think he's, they do hone in on him, and I'm thinking that would be Paul. you just be <laughs> sat there, like, not wanting to be part of this play unless I'm Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, it wasn't the real number 10 Downing Street that was filmed in. It was, allegedly, Gordon Brown, who was then-Chancellor of the Exchequer at the time, took them on a tour of Number 10, but they couldn't take any photographs or notes, so they had to pretty much have to create the layout from memory. So, yes. But they must have done a good job of that, because you fairly believe that that is... Well, yes. ...something of what it might look like but inside. of course, they can't possibly let you in and take pictures. No. And, oh, we're far too posh for that. And it's like, come on, it's just number 10. You know, it's just a house at the end of the day, isn't it, where the Prime Minister lives? Yeah, you know. Anyway. And as well, to be honest, it's just one of those on the street. The thing is, though, it looks massive and it's like, so it must be long because yeah, it doesn't look that massive from the outside. So how much depth there is, I'm not sure. I think we'll end on... This one, which is the fact of the song Too Lost in You, played by the Sugar Babes, is in the UK version of the film when, you know, it's in the when they're having the Christmas party scene yep. that's playing. And he's got what's his face dancing and with it, yeah. Yeah. That. But for the American audiences it will have been The Trouble with Love is by Kelly Clarkson. I didn't instead. even know that what that was. I'm not even gonna lie. When I heard it on the end credits, I was like, "Who yeah. is this?" So f- for us, it there was on the end credits of the film. So I don't know if if it was reversed for the Americans, whether the two lost and you played at the end credits of the American version. I don't know. Maybe someone can tell us. Yeah, let us know. Leave a comment or something like that. It'd be interesting. Or even if you don't know who the Sugar Babes is, obviously I do know who Kelly Clarkson is. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I just didn't know that song. So, so like a breakaway yeah. album. I'm a 100% aware on that one. Mm. It was very, very good because I think I'd just broken up with somebody, so it was quite helpful. <laughs> that album took me That's through. That's a good album, actually. Yeah, it's a like. fantastic album. Um, So, everybody, I hope that you've all had a wonderful Christmas wherever you are and whatever you can do or can't do this year. And remember that love is all around us. Yeah, and finally... Um... I'm pretty sure I know what the answer's going to be, the actual scoring of the film. Oh, yes. Sorry. I thought that, that was already a given. Um... <laughs> yeah, we know. We, you might gather we you know what the, our both ours is going to be. but It's going to be very, 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 very high. 11. <laughs> I know we don't score out of 11, but to me, it, it, I, I'd give it 10 triple times. 100. Yeah. So there's two tens from both of us. Just to finish off, our 2020 year and Christmas special. Well done. No. But we're going to hopefully try getting another quick, well, don't know how quick it'll be, but we'll... It's never quick with us. us. No. <laughs> A sort of like year review of 
a retrospective look back on the year that was the what we've covered over this year um sort of like go over like what we've enjoyed talking about the most what we've disliked talking about the most and yeah i feel like i've got a lot more on my dislike like, list than you have yeah, so that so should be might, interesting so it should just be a little light might need to change that up fun. next year <laughs> yeah new year's resolution possibly <laughs> make paul watch loads of crap films <laughs> what no and don't forget we've also got all our previous episodes available to listen back to on spotify itunes podbean wherever else you might get your podcasts from yep so definitely there is three at the moment christmas there'll be fourth including this one christmas episode so you know christmas isn't just on the 25th of december it does actually we have 12 days after that people just don't realize it anymore i think so definitely tune in on those feel still festive up to the is it the 6th of january or something like that i think it is <laughs> <laughs> so enjoy them and yeah, um, if you want to give us any comments of what you think we should review in 2021. Yeah, any thoughts and comments on that, just drop us a line on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Just search for SP Film Viewers on there and we'll be in contact with you. Yeah. Okay, so with that being said, I hope you all have a good Christmas with you know, the best you can do anyway. Yeah, just embrace what Christmas is. I know yeah. it's to do with family, but just be safe, have a fab Christmas, stay at home, eat loads of food and just enjoy, if, even if it's a religious side or just family side or just the thoughtfulness of Christmas. Just eat lots of food and drink. Embrace Be it. merry. Yeah. yeah, be merry. Yeah. So Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Speak to you soon. And hopefully we will speak to you soon, but... Can I say Happy New Year as well? Yeah, we can say Happy New Year for now. Yeah, so Just have in case. a fab New Year and hopefully, fingers crossed, it can't be as bad as this one. So let's just all think positively. Yeah, definitely. So thank you so much for listening to us and I hope you've enjoyed it. Bye for now. Bye. 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 Bye.